You're listening to the Spawn on Me podcast with your host, the captain, Khalif Adams, the Baron of Bourbon, Cicero Holmes, and the man who makes everything look good, Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. Welcome to Chicago, y'all. Welcome everybody to Spawn on Me. I'm your host, Khalif Adams, and this is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color in the gaming industry. I want to give everybody a huge shout out. Say what's up to everybody. I hope you are doing well. We are closing in on E3. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about there. But first, I want to give everybody a big shout out who listened to the show last week. Uh, we had our friend John Davis from Bit Summit, uh, all the way from the land of the rising sun, all the way from Japan, hanging out with us on the line, uh, giving us all the good details about Bit Summit and how wonderful that is and that was uh, since it is now over, since you are now listening to the show this week. Um, lots of stuff to dig into this week. We have a lot of things to talk about. The internet has been blowing up pretty, pretty regularly. Uh, we have so many things in terms of E3 stuff that we'll get into later in the show. Kind of the first thing that we want to dig into has uh, and pertains to E3. You know that, you know, the big uh, conferences that happen every year are the Microsoft conference, Bethesda, uh, usually Sony, who is going to be a no show this year. And our friends over at Ubisoft, who have usually a pretty spectacular show. They kind of go through the motions of, of, of going down. You know, you'll have a Trials game every year. You'll kind of have uh, a Rayman game. You'll have some Rabbits, uh, Mario Rabbit stuff kind of going on. But this year, they have a couple of things that are in the mix that are uh, kind of new and, 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 and dope. And I'm kind of excited for them because we have appointments with them this year over at the Ubisoft booth later on in the week. Um, you know, uh, uh, Ghost Recon is the thing that just got talked about that that's got shared. Uh, you know, they always are trying to figure out ways to keep everyone with bated breath before they share out any new information. But the problem is anytime you do that, you wind up having the possibility of leaks and leaks are always difficult because you never know where those things are going to come out. You never know who's going to be the folks who share it. You never know how that stuff is going to wind up getting out into the world. And it's the worst thing for, you know, I feel massively sorry and sad about that for the PR folks who are doing so much work trying to basically save those surprises for the show. But it seems like Amazon UK gave a <laughs> gave a heads up that a new Watch Dogs game is coming out and it's going to be called Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, it's going to be uh, in the UK. It's going to be set in the UK in a post Brexit London uh, which is fascinating in and of itself, because, you know, the one of the things that you see and hear constantly about some of these larger open world games is how no one wants to talk about politics. But they have already said in the game, or at least in the description of the game, that they're referencing something that is quite political. Brexit is a huge, um, uh, huge uh, uh, point of contention over over in the UK. Um and for that to be something that's already in the kind of descriptor for the game is, is going to be interesting uh, in and of itself. The thing that really has me intrigued and really excited for whatever we're going to see is the fact that you're going to be able to play as any NPC that you recruit in the game. Uh, they share as a, as a descriptor in the product description. It says you can play as anyone. Every individual you meet in the open world has a full set of animations, voiceovers, character traits, and visuals that are generated and guided by gameplay systems. So everybody knows that we here at Bracago were huge fans of Watch Dogs 2. Watch Dogs 2 was a fantastic game. It was super, super diverse in the way that it had its main characters, 
the 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 whole grouping that you kind of ran with in that in that initial part of the game was super super diverse and ran the gamut of everything that you can think of you know what i mean which is fantastic it's stuff that we champion here on the show all the time it's going to be really interesting to see what they do in terms of balancing that stuff out with a new game set in a new place where you can literally be anyone that you see I don't know how that's going to work. I'm excited to see what they're going to try to do with that. I saw some folks on Twitter earlier, earlier today, or at least at the time of this of recording, you know, folks are wondering like, is the game going to be diverse? Are you going to see Brown people in it? Are you going to see, you know, folks who are of different genders in the game? Will you, will you be able to, you know, if you played any of the watchdogs game, watchdog games, one of the main uh, gameplay components was they really kind of hack people's phones and see, you know, what their lives are about, you know, you know, what they, what they kind of hide in the shadows. What are some of the things that they don't want people to know? Um, but you also, you get to learn a little bit about each one of the characters that you wind up coming across. And that can be, you know, various things that could be sexual orientation. That can be, you know, you know, what you do when you go home, whatever your hobbies may be, you know, what if your jobs may be. Um, so it's going to be cool to see how they play with that mechanic within the new game system. And if they actually do talk about any of the, um, politicalness that can be uh, attached to some of that stuff and how that all goes along with it. So it's going to be early. Uh, I'm sure of that, uh, I don't think it's going to be a game that's going to be coming out this year at all. Um, it doesn't seem like it would be something that, you know, would be released before a new console. I kind of hope it doesn't. If that's the case, if it does, it'll probably be mid to mid next year, mid 2020. Or if we are lucky enough that they have figured out ways to make it, um, or, or their development is further along, then we'll see exactly how that's going to play out and when they drop it, because we've already seen some heavy hitters come out six months after an announcement. Uh, or at least, you know, during the parts of the conversation about how quickly they're going to come out to, uh, come out to market. So, um, it will be really cool to see what they do with the new characters. I wonder what the, the main protagonist is going to be like. Uh, everyone was really excited about the, the previous one because it was so hip and really kind of broke down a lot of the barriers that we had with Aiden in the first game. A lot of things that people really didn't like about that character were kind of removed with Marcus in the second game. So uh, it will be cool to see what's going to happen with that game. I'm, I'm excited for us to be able to play it, but sad for the folks over at Ubisoft PR for having that stuff kind of blown out of the water because uh, Amazon couldn't hold <laughs> couldn't hold a secret. Uh, and it's also just really sad because it's just like I know that they have something planned. Ubisoft does really cool stuff when it comes to their press conference they had last year people running down the aisles in full regalia they had folks kind of going down the the street dancing it was it was a lot of fun to be a part of just the spectacle of that of that of that presser um and i would i'm a little bit sad to see some of that get blown up before them getting the chance to kind of showcase some of that stuff we've already seen conversations around leaked games in terms of splinter cell earlier in the uh, earlier in the year with uh julian garrity who is the uh executive director or i'm sorry creative director over over on um uh, the division two so uh 
that was a tongue-in-cheek, supposedly quote-unquote tongue-in-cheek, uh, not real reveal of Splinter Cell being a thing. Um, it would be kind of it would be kind of nuts to see that pop up too, uh, if that was going to be a thing for E3 coming down the line. So super excited about that. Uh, really hoping to see what they're going to do with it and if they actually can surpass the the the, the kind of vastness of, of the previous game, see how big they can get London to be, I'm sure, with them doing everything with Division 2 and doing a one-to-one scale uh, of that city. Uh, I'm I'm probably sure they're going to try to do a one-to-one of London too, which, which would be really dope. Uh, so super excited for that. Um, the other thing that got discussed and dropped this week uh, was something that anybody who's been paying attention to me on the internets has understood that I'm really in love with Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 11 has been my go-to game for the week. It is my palate cleanser before I go to bed at this point. Um, and it is something that has really long legs so far. And it's not been out that long. It's been out maybe a month. No, uh, maybe I'll say two months. I'll say two months. I think it'll, it's, it's been out. Um, the biggest uh, concern or at least uh, question that people had was when is the first combat pack going to come out? So if you're not familiar with what a combat pack is, it is literally when they add more characters to the roster. So currently they have a pretty big roster in terms of a Mortal Kombat game. It's not anything on the scale of like uh, MK Ultimate or something like that, but it is a fully fleshed out, really balanced uh, 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 roster that they have right now. And a lot of characters who feel fairly good. There is some, some tuning and tweaking that needs to be done within the system, but it feels like so far every character has gotten some love in, in good ways and is playable and, and, and viable within what they call the meta. So the thing that everyone has been excited and waiting about was what's going to happen with DLC. So they already talked about, or at least showed a couple of weeks ago, a picture of, you know, classic, classic Shang Tsung character, right? Shang Tsung, the shapeshifter within the Mortal Kombat universe, taking souls, uh, wherever he goes, um, and wrecking people's bodies. Um, they showed a picture of him and they talked about it in a, in an earlier combat cast about, uh, Kari Tagawa being the person who is going to reprise his role of Shang Tsung from the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie, uh, being the face and the voice of that character, which automatically got everybody super hype because anybody who loved Mortal Kombat kind of has a soft spot for that old game. I'm sorry for that old movie. So having Kari Tagawa back in the fold was something that, you know, everybody kind of hoped for anyway, and was super excited for that to be part of the process. So a couple days ago uh, on the Mortal Kombat Twitter feed, you saw a picture that kind of showed half of uh, Shang Tsung's face. So everyone was super hyped. Everybody was really excited. Everybody was like ready for the next kind of um, reveal. And, they, and then Ed Boon put up this picture of one of the, the characters, Rain, and everybody kind of is it's, it's interesting because Ed Boon, who is the creator of Mortal Kombat, likes to troll people online. He loves to throw things out there as meat for the community to kind of dig through and then get really mad if it, <laughs> like people get mad if it doesn't really come true, which I've always found super funny uh, because it's it's amazing to see 
the, the, the head honcho, the creator of the franchise, be a little bit of a troll with his community. I love it. Um, but it was one of those things where everybody was kind of, they saw the picture and it was, it didn't look as clean or, or I would say it didn't look as feasible, uh, by the way that it looked in comparison to some of the other reveals that we had already seen. So then the, the rumor mill kind of ran wild. Everyone was like, so is Shang Tsung going to turn into rain? Is Shang Tsung going to turn into any of the other characters, which usually is a thing that happens, but they were more interested to see if he was going to turn into any of the other characters from previous games that we didn't see in the, in the current roster. So the only ninjas that are in the game right now are Noob Saibot, Sub-Zero, and Scorpion. We all knew that they were going to stick around because they were classic characters in that respect. But there's a whole bunch of ninjas who were not in that space, and we were wondering what was going to happen to them. So the other day, uh, we see this tweet from Ed Boon, and basically he's like, yo, check your Twitter feeds tomorrow because we're going to reveal the first batch of fighters with the combat with the combat pack. Everybody freaked out. Everyone was on Twitch looking at it because they had this reveal that kind of uh, stalled for a little bit. It was on GameSpot's feed on their live YouTube channel. And then it got pulled down. Tyler Lansdowne, who is their community manager, was on Twitter and he was like, hey, it's still coming. It won't be a combat cast, but it will be a trailer. So stay tuned. Uh, It'll drop sometime during the day and then you'll be able to check it out and kind of dig through it alongside some of the conversations around the ninjas being in the game. There's always been because of a leak that happened prior to Mortal Kombat being released where people data mined some of the information and said, Hey, we see that there are some folks in here that we think may be in it. So the conversation has been that maybe you'll see the Terminator in the game. Maybe you'll see um, Ash from the evil dead in the game. Uh, there's been references to the Joker being in the game, but the thing that people kind of stuck with was at least they have an idea that one character that everyone's kind of wanted to be in Mortal Kombat would finally make their appearance. And that was spawn. So if you rewind back some months ago, uh, there was a conversation that I think popped up on social media between Todd McFarlane and uh, the Mortal Kombat folks. I think that they were talking about something in in the respect about um, some figurines that were supposed to be made because Todd Todd McFarlane has been making these kind of really detailed figurines for a long time now at this point. Um, And it was kind of speculated that he would be pushing that stuff out at some point. So that gave everyone in the Mortal Kombat community some ideas that like something is is coming up. So something was going to be dropping at some point. Nothing, nothing really got shared. No information got dropped. And it was kind of good because they had already gotten their information kind of blown up uh, by the data, data mining leak. So, so yet, uh, yesterday happens. Uh, the trailer comes out. It gets leaked. And it is super dope. It is fantastic. It basically reveals that Shang Tsung is back to all of his super, super dope shape-shifting. He turns into... All of the ninjas, so he turns into, uh, 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 let's see, rain, smoke, um, 
reptile and i think there was another one i can't remember which other one ermac he turns into ermac too so you saw shang Tsung kind of digging through some of their old move lists while they were kind of going through the trailer and comboing into some of the other ninjas which was super dope so it was like okay we know that all the ninjas are going to be in there there was one moment where he was fighting raiden and he switched into Raiden and he turned into that other character and then switched back out and turned into Ermac. And it was, it was crazy. It was super good. It was kind of everything that everybody wanted. And it looked like it was like perfectly fit for the new style of fighting that is in Mortal Kombat 11. It's way more fluid, uh, way more combo heavy, a lot more um, uh, patient in the way that you have to play the newest game. And it looks like Shang Tsung is going to be like, kind of the ultimate character right now. Like I would say of all the ones that are, that are uh, been shown so far, it looks like a really f- like super cool, well-rounded character that will be able to, again, morph into all those characters and your character at the same time, or at least during a match, I would say. So after that part of the trailer gets shown, it goes black. And then you see a couple of other characters get discussed. So, they, they, they dip to black and then they're like, all right, who else is going to be on the roster? First one is Nightwolf. Nightwolf is amazing. A Nightwolf from MK9 was one of those characters that did really like had a really cool uh, uh, moveset, but it wasn't one that necessarily felt always in tune with the rest of the roster. So it'll be cool to see what they do with uh, with him. Sindel, which is a super classic character, you know her as the kind of banshee of the game. She used uh, her voice to kind of do damage to, to other characters. I'm wondering who she's going to be kind of based off of. We see that Mortal Kombat and, and NetherRealm games the, of the past couple of years have moved characters around or, or introduced new characters, but they kind of seem to build upon former move sets and former moves of previous games from uh, previous characters from other games. So uh, Black Canary was a, a character within the Injustice universe. Uh, so I'm assuming that Sindel will have kind of Black Canary-esque moves. I'm not sure who Nightwolf is going to be kind of attached to or connected with. I That, that character is one that has always kind of been more weapon heavy. So I don't know who else he might be connected to or even or even close to but i'm excited that that he's in because it's been a while since that character has been in the game but the one that blew up the internet was the fact that spawn was actually uh, announced as being a actual character within the game uh and the folks over uh, at maximilian's channel is, is a fantastic channel uh who's connected with the yo video games uh team uh huge fighting game fanatic he's he's one of the best youtubers about fighting games he kind of mentioned within his podcast or I'm sorry, within his YouTube series that one of the coolest parts that during the graphic that they showed that spawn was going to be a part of the game, uh, there was a Cape and there were the, the, the iconic chains from spawn kind of wrapped around the, the, the words. And it is one of those things where you don't really see, uh, those vis- visual flourishes within spawn ever really used well within a game. It's always kind of like, flat against his body and doesn't really ever move. It doesn't kind of like have a life of its own, which is the thing that spawns Cape is supposed to do. It's supposed to have like this disembodied 
reanimated feel to it where it feels like it is alive alongside spawn doing doing damage and, and hurting people or at least you know or at least morphing into other things which is going to be real cool i have a feeling that spawns cape within this game is going to do like defensive moves offensive moves it's going to probably figure out ways to make him fly and teleport so i'm really excited for that stuff none of those things have specifically gotten announced in terms of when you'll be able to see them although shang sung will be out i think in a couple of weeks i think the week after e3 is over is when you'll be able to first get your hands on shang sung um but that roster so far for combat uh, combat pack one is pretty nasty i'm really excited for what they're trying to do um and to see how far they're going to take it because this is the most gory and gruesome version of mk that we've had so far so it will be really really telling to see just how far they go uh with some of the fatalities and brutalities and things like that and some of the movesets that they that they bring to the table um one other last really cool thing about that was uh, if you're familiar with Mortal Kombat 11, you know that each character has basically this super special move, which is called a Fatal Blow. And the Fatal Blow usually is this kind of uh, elongated triple threat move where, you know, you go through three stages of, of damage. Um, the cool part about this one was that for Shang Tsung, it turned into every uh, one of the ninjas and they all took turns beating you up, which was... Which is pretty cool. I, I I thought it was really smart of NetherRealm to kind of dig into it and do it that way because I didn't expect that to be what it what it was. And his fatality was fantastic. It brought out one of the other characters, one of the other classic uh, characters, Kintaro, uh, that basically made the the character that was on screen pull itself apart. Which again, super cool, amazing stuff that they've been able to pull off with that game with the engine that they've that they've uh, modified and things like that. So super hyped for that. Also, another thing that we also here at Spawn on Me love is Keith David. Keith David, uh, is, we're a big fan of him uh, and all his voiceover work. I'm sure you are familiar with all the things that he's done. But most importantly for this game, he is going to uh, bring back the voice of the HBO animated series Spawn while portraying Spawn within MK11. So uh, that's going to be super dope. I'm I'm super hyped about that. I'm really excited for what they're going to do. And uh, it will be fun to dig into those characters once they go. Because I'm a huge Sang, uh, Shang Tsung fan and remembered playing that character when it was first introduced. And, and remember getting my piece of paper uh, and carrying it with me to the arcade to kind of make sure that I knew how to morph into all the other characters that I wanted to, 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 to turn to change into. So... Uh, super excited about Shang Tsung DLC being a thing and really hyped for everyone to kind of get their hands on it uh, when it comes into uh, when it comes out, uh, I think in a couple of weeks. Last thing about the combat pack is that alongside all that DLC, you'll get 18 character skins for the, all the existing fighters too. So that means that even more stuff in the crypt is going to kind of probably get unlocked or you'll be able to uh, purchase those things alongside that stuff. So, um, shout out to NetherRealm, shout out to the NRS crew, shout out to everybody who is a huge MK11 fan and I will beat you up online because uh, my rating is dope and you can't beat me. Um, <laughs> um, speaking of getting beat, uh, we have the wonderful Hideo Kojima who 
usually gets beat up in the press uh, for making games that people don't understand. <laughs> uh, he has he has figured out ways to confound and to confuse everyone on a consistent basis over the years with uh, various versions of lore and uh, tech uh, and all the things that run around in Kojima's mind, transferring as one of those things. Uh, if you remember that from the beginning of uh, MK5 being a thing. I'm not MK5. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, um, Metal Gear 5. Oops. <laughs> I almost forgot what game that was. Um, so the thing that Kojima has been waiting to share, and he's kind of shared bits and pieces of it over the past couple of months, has been his newest game called Death Stranding. Death Stranding is... I don't even know how to how to explain Death Stranding because I don't think anybody actually knows what the game is going to be. Um, it is kind of, uh, it has a whole bunch of folks who you know who are going to be in it. So you have uh, Walking Dead's Norman Reedus, Guillermo del Toro is going to be in the game, Uh, uh, Michael, I think uh, Mads is going to be in the game as well. And they all have these like really beautiful, super rendered out uh, versions of themselves. Even uh, even the um, uh, Million Dollar Woman uh, Linda, why can't I think of her name right now? I, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, but she's going to be in the game as well as, a, as another character. And it kind of came out a couple months ago, or at least, you know, half a year ago about the initial trailer that came out for Death Stranding. And Death Stranding just left everybody with a, like, what in the hell is happening? They had this baby who, like, you went down someone's throat and the baby was there. And then the baby looked at you and gave you a thumbs up. And everybody was like, what in the hell is this? This makes no sense. I have no idea what this is supposed to be. And Kojima didn't really go through the process of offering up any information in any real ways because that's what Kojima does. So you kind of come back out of that. And then we had to wait another almost six months, I think, for any any more information that was going to come out of it. Like we didn't see any gameplay in the initial trailer. We didn't see anything that kind of lent to what the actual like world was going to be and what the basically like, everything that you do is supposed to happen. So we were like, all right, all right, Kojima, we feel you. We'll give you some time, let you do what you need to do. And then let us know at some point when you're going to showcase and show us what is actually happening. So new Death Stranding trailer comes out, sets the stage where Norman Reedus is basically talking to the, the, the woman president of the United States states at the time when you can see that everything around them is in shambles. They're kind of figuring out what they want to do. And they're also talking about kind of rebuilding the United States. Norma Reedus is basically like, there's nothing really left to build because everything is gone. Uh, and you kind of cut to this other part where you start to see him traversing the world and the world looks big and it looks really vast and it looks cool. He has this like huge backpack on his back. It looks like everything that basically he needs to kind of trek around the world. Um, and it, and then it kind of digs into bringing up some of the new characters. There's like one guy named die hard man who I don't know what that even supposed to be. There's this, uh, idea of the nether realm or the nether world being a part of the game systems and time travel being a part of that as well. Like when you go into this other realm, 
you are then fighting through memories that are that are around and you do that with the help of one of those babies that is in a kind of clear plastic container as you strap to your belly or you strap to your suit and it feels like those are the souls that are kind of connected to the other world so a lot of a lot of creepy freaky stuff happening like things that no one really understands is going on we don't really know what's supposed to happen we just see that there's a lot of paranormal uh stuff going on within the game and it doesn't really tell you much um it kind of talks about the brink of ext- of extinction and kind of coming back from that and how the death stranding refers to the supernatural events that occur after a series of mysterious explosions um, those areas of impact are plagued with otherworldly creatures that threaten to kill a life. And uh, Norman Reedus's character is called Sam Bridges. And as that person, you try to help save uh, the world and kind of remove people from the wasteland. Uh, it doesn't, again, go into a lot of detail, but it looks fantastic. The music is fantastic. You can tell that the voice acting and the kind of character models that they have in the game are going to be really fantastic. Because Kojima does that with every with the I think Decima engine that they that they have for the game, but what happened after the trailer was the part that was the actual like most interesting part. So they kind of dug into some more information because they dropped the trailer uh, date. They basically dropped the release date, and they, that's going to be coming out in November of this year, which is also really. Uh, really uh, interesting and, and there's a curious reason for that which i'll get to in a second but you don't really get the idea that even watching the gameplay that the systems that are there are going to be super cohesive like personally looking at the way that the game looked after seeing it initially it looked like there was a visual downgrade i'm not going to say that fully because i haven't seen it running in 4k i haven't seen it big on my tv um, but it's, we're at this interesting part of the, the gameplay cycle or the game cycle where, um, we have an expectation for the end of a life cycle, end of a console cycle to be at the best visual fidelity for where games can be and games that Kojima make makes, uh, usually are the pinnacle of that. They usually are the games that we see kind of transform the way that we think of the visual standard going to be. And it didn't seem like it hit that for me. It felt very much like I've seen stuff that came out a couple of months ago that looked better than what's coming out of the Decima engine, unless they're still tweaking it. Or like most people think uh, Death Stranding will be a hybrid uh, title where it'll, it'll basically be on PS4 and PS5 in some form or fashion, which I'm hoping for because I want that. I want to see that game in the prettiest version that it can possibly be. Um, the folks over at Polygon uh, wrote a piece talking about other factions or other ideas that came out of the trailer that no one really kind of talked about. Um, and there's some parts about it that came from the official uh, Death Stranding site that were um, fairly compelling in terms of adding new things to the gameplay. And it was something that I thought of as well when they were talking about the dual duality of the uh, kind of nether realm and the living world, um, which made me automatically think that there was going to be some kind of uh, dark souls esque um, message system or some kind of asynchronous gameplay that would happen. 
uh, and how that would affect, you know, not having direct multiplayer, but being able to interact with other people in the world, which definitely got uh, kind of validated and, 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 and kind of came to light once they kind of reported, reported about what was on the, on the website. Um, it said that they will have online functionality, but it won't be typical co-op. Instead, it'll be asynchronous gameplay where you can send supplies, share safe houses, and walk in the footsteps of fellow couriers to reunite uh, civilization, which is a main theme of Death Stranding, which is reconnection to the world, reconnection to other people, reconnection to um, other characters and things of that nature. So that's that's cool to see that that's going to be a thing. I, I'm down for that. Uh, I feel like that will be uh, a pretty, a pretty dope uh, gameplay mechanic. Uh, one of the other things uh, is going to be about traversal. So the game is going to emphasize uh, about the, tra- the, the, the terrain in the game uh, and there'll be obstacles to overcome. Like I guess little, little mini puzzles that'll be there. And the goal will be to find a route through the supernatural elements that can alter the surrounding landscape. So feels like once you go into the upside down world, you'll be able to do things that will affect the, the, the live world uh, by moving things around and kind of digging through the space. Uh, one of the other things that was pretty cool to read about was the fact that the, that the game won't have a typical fail state. So most games will have, you know, some form of fashion where once you die, then you, you respawn, and you come back. Uh, it looks like when you do that in Death Stranding, uh, you'll reappear in the basically upside down realm that you can, you can escape from, uh, but you have to choose your methods uh, of combat very carefully as if you kill a foe, it's almost always never the solution. And it seems like every death carry carries a consequence, which I, I, that feels like Sekiro in some ways where like in Sekiro, if you die a lot, the world itself gets diseased or it gets poisoned. Um, and that poison then affects, you know, what the characters do and how difficult things are. Um, and it would be kind of cool for that to be, you know, have an effect on what the gameplay is going to wind up being for not just you, but for other players. So I wonder if there'll be some, you know, worldwide event where if you die a lot or if everyone dies a bunch that the whole world gets changed in some, some cataclysmic way where, you know, you have to try to either reconcile it or it just gets dirtied for eternity, which I would love. Like, I love stuff like that. I think world events that involve players either working together, maybe not even in the same party, but together towards a a common goal. I love stuff like that. I think it's really smart. Uh, I've always felt like it was something that was, uh, should be implemented in more games. And I think that they could do a good job of it. Um, but I don't know, uh, Bioshock infinite babies is what I'm calling, uh, <laughs> what I'm calling death stranding from now. Uh, I don't know again, what, what's going to be the end result of all this stuff. It looks really cool. It looks like Kojima is going to go off the deep end again in some really fun ways. And I, I'm here for it. I'd never know what to expect with his games at this point, besides some wackiness. Um, and it will be cool to see you know, how Norman Reedus and, and Mads Mikkelsen will be able to play off each other. I'm actually really excited at the fact that Troy Baker is going to be in the game because Troy Baker is, again, one of the best and most fantastic voiceover talents we have in the gaming industry. And he never, like, doesn't bring it. He always brings the heat when it comes to uh, being in parts of games and, and, and 
being a, a focal character that people will uh, definitely check out. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the other kind of tertiary characters. Cause I feel like those are the ones that kind of bridge the gaps for everybody else to be good. It will be a little bit different to see, you know, it not be another metal gear game, which I know he's left Konami a long time ago. I'm not expecting there to be another one, but that was the last thing I got to play. That was a Kojima game. And I love, I love metal gear. I love that series. I love that, that IP. I love the fact that I can be snake in whatever versions of it is that I, that I, that I want. And I've always felt like he's done his best work when he's talking about political things. And it feels like he doesn't do it well. I'm not going to say, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here on the podcast and be like, Kojima is a savant about politics and has really nailed it. Um, but I think that he has had some hits when it comes to conversations and, uh, you can tell that he is paying attention and is trying to be as thoughtful as possible when it comes to conversations around geopolitics. I don't think he nails it all the time, but I think he definitely is, um, willing to go there as I throw up air quotes, which is probably at this point, even more important because we see so many companies now at this point, trying to be apolitical and kind of backing away from the idea of doing anything political. So it will be really cool to see, uh, what Kojima is going to wind up doing and piecing that thing, piecing that thing together. So I'm excited for that. Um, what else happened this week? Lots of stuff happened this week. Xbox, our wonderful friends over at Microsoft and Xbox, um, they finally released or finally shared information about their uh, Game Pass for PC. So if you've uh, been using your Game Pass on your console, you are familiar with the, you pay a subscription, there are a certain amount of games that get allocated as free for you every month. You get some discounts that go along with that. And that's kind of the foundation for what you're paying for. You're, you're able to get all these games for free that they curate and then play through those. And, and they're alongside in your library, as long as you're still paying your subscription fee. So, uh, Microsoft shared uh, that they are trying to do that on the PC side and they have, they're going to have a pretty curated, uh, library of over a hundred high quality, uh, PC titles that are going to be on windows 10 alongside that. Uh, they announced that the list of games will come from publishers like Bethesda, Deep Silver, uh, Devolver Digital, Paradox uh, Entertainment, I'm sorry, Paradox Interactive, pardon, and Sega, which has me really excited because I love Bethesda stuff. It's going to be cool because we know Bethesda games are coming down the pipe. We know that there's going to be another Wolfenstein game. We know that they're going to have another Doom game, uh, Deep Silver with Metro Exodus, uh, and, and all the Metro games has been pretty on point, even though I can't front, I want them to make another, uh, uh agents of mayhem. <laughs> I want them to make another agents of mayhem or another saints row. I, I really want that. I want that to be a thing because they just nailed those games. But what makes it really cool is that they're going to be working with other developers and publishers to bring PC content to the service, um, and ensure that the, the library kind of remains full of really good games every month. So that's, that's an exciting part of game pass alongside what they're trying to do with X cloud, uh, which we'll hear more about during E3, uh, we'll be at the, uh, uh, Xbox conference. Uh, we're looking to see if we can get into the Xbox showcase. If you remember our, our, 
uh, YouTube content from last year at E3. We got a lot of great interviews from folks on the floor directly uh, talking to them about um, you know the games that are coming out and Ori in the Blind, not Ori in the Blind Forest, but Ori, the next Ori game. We got to speak to those folks. Folks are finally playing Outer, Outer uh, Wilds, uh, which was fantastic too. Uh, we got a chance to interview those folks. So a lot of a lot of stuff is going to be happening for Microsoft at this moment, and they have a lot of things in the in the works that, that are going to be pretty cool. So alongside the actual games that you're going to get, uh, you also get up to twenty percent off uh, on games currently in the library, and up to ten percent off related DLC and add-ons as well. Uh, so it said that they're going to talk about it more during the uh, E3 press conference on on the ninth. Um, so we'll we'll definitely be talking about that stuff and sharing more information about where that is going uh, in good ways. Cause it feels like for as much as Microsoft has been talking about pulling together a good strategy for this year and kind of moving forward, they've, they've been mostly talking about cloud services and that's been, you know, with, you know, uh, this, this incident that happened a couple of days ago where uh, Google kind of like had some of their cloud services get knocked offline where this could be a feather in their hat if they can say, hey, we have our infrastructure stuff locked down in a way that you don't have to think about that. And also, we already know how to do this stuff because we've been practicing it and doing it for a very long time in terms of shared games, cloud saves, all those things that have already been in the space for a long time. So it will be really dope to see how they wrap all that together and if they make a you know uh, a good package for folks uh, on the other side of it, it it makes me want to check out more PC games. I've been playing more on my PC of late anyway, so this would be a fun uh, thing to see happen uh, going forward and seeing just how much and if there's going to be and, and I guess I guess the thing I'm most curious about actually is more about the interplay between your console and your PC because I know that you already have the concept of xbox anywhere which was fantastic you buy a game on one end and you play it on the other and you can play it on both i felt i felt like that was monumental in in me choosing certain games that i wanted to play on pc because i would look up and say like okay is this an xbox anywhere title so if i want to buy this now i can buy it and then have it when i want in a higher fidelity version on pc but if i just want to sit back and relax and chill I can play that version on my, on my TV and in my console. So I want to see how that expands. I want to see if that expands also to, again, like xCloud being able to place things on multiple devices uh, and being able to kind of share some of that load across my phone and across my laptop and, and all that stuff and see how those experiences actually wind up feeling. Cause it's going to be, that's where the bread is going to be buttered, right? Is like, if the game plays well on everything, what does that mean for not only their, their, their super box that they're going to be probably announcing or hopefully announcing at E3 this year, but their conversations about their, their streaming Xbox. And also, you know, what does that mean for the next iteration of what they're going to do on the consoles? Does it mean that they're just going to dip out on hardware at this point because they're just figured out and they're going to kind of triple down on cloud on cloud-based services who is to know we don't know yet um so we're hoping to find that out and hopefully we're going to be able to interview some people during the show to talk about those things specifically so 
Yeah, lots of things that are going to be happening in the next week or so. Uh, I'll be flying out and heading down to L.A. Uh, Saturday, Saturday night, getting ready for Sunday when Sunday is going to be all about EA Play. Sunday is going to be the biggest day, honestly, because Sunday is going to be uh, EA Play early in the morning. I'm hoping uh, that I'll still be there for I have an appointment with the folks over uh, at, e at EA to check out the new Star Wars game. So that's going to be dope. Uh, and then you have uh, Microsoft's big conference. And I think they're going to go for maybe two hours this year, uh, which is going to be pretty, pretty crazy because that's a lot of stuff uh, that's supposed to happen in that in that time frame and that time span. Um, and then kind of clean out the rest of the night with, uh, Bethesda, which I'm a little less, uh, I don't have a lot of expectations for Bethesda, to be honest. I know that doom is going to get a lot of love. Uh, I don't think any of the stuff that people kind of really care about is going to get announced. No Starfield, no new elder scroll stuff. We may see a new trailer, uh, possibly for some of those things, but I don't expect there to be a huge amount of news coming out of Bethesda's shop uh, for that stuff. Um, and then we kind of roll into the week proper with Ubisoft um, showcasing a lot of stuff. I'm sure we'll see again, Ghost Recon. Uh, I'm sure we'll now see uh, uh, Watch Dogs Legion because uh, that definitely got leaked. Um, and I'm sure that they, I, I feel like they always have like one other thing that is a, a, a surprise that's kind of in the space. Uh, and we have appointments with them later on in the week to actually like get hands on with stuff. So I'm assuming that if Watch Dogs Legion got discussed, that they will be showing some version of it, either in a hands on demo, which I doubt, or it'll be a hands off uh, demo to kind of walk you through the world and give you an idea of what's happening. Uh, so super excited about that stuff. Um, we also have some stuff with Devolver. Uh, checking out some stuff on their end. Uh, Annapurna is going to be there again this year and they never miss. So I'm really excited to check out the stuff that they have. Um, and then I think there's a couple other things that we're going to do. I'm going to be checking out Dying Light 2. So I'm really, really hyped for that because I love Dying Light. Dying Light is like one of the games that I always felt got a little bit underrated and never really got the love that it deserved. So being able to to go check that out and see what they've done with their combat and their their uh, traversal system and all that it's going to be uh pretty dope uh definitely I'm super hyped about us having another appointment with the folks over at CD Project Red cuz Cyberpunk 2 I'm some Cyberpunk 2077 uh there's going to be another uh demo of that game that we're going to be able to check out uh I'm really I'm really hyped about uh, Obsidian's game, I think, uh, oh, uh, uh, Outer World, uh, that we have an appointment for as well. So, you know, there's a lot of fun things that's going to be happening. And then I dip out and go home. So then I'll be sad and all that stuff. There'll be some parties. There's, there's some uh, some appointments for some partnership stuff that we're trying to push for. Uh, we're going to have some meetings with some people about some things and some stuff, uh, which is always um, nerve wracking and, and, and exciting at the same time. Because, uh, look, we've been trying to push for a long time. We've been in this game for, like, almost six years. Or probably leaning up on six. Um, and we want to try to figure out ways that we can, you know, financially support ourselves and financially stabilize ourselves in a good way. Uh, so meeting with folks, and if it's, you know, either hardware or, or other stuff, we want to make sure that we're uh, having those conversations. So E3 is going to be very, very busy for me. I'm going solo. Uh, again, 
you know, towards the end of the show, uh, you know, I'll have uh, our social media business. So you can look at our Twitter feed and see all the links that we have for our uh, donation page and our GoFundMe and stuff like that. So you'll see that that'll be in the uh, show notes as well. If you're listening on the podcast side of things, if you're listening on the X-ray side of things, uh, you'll be able to check that stuff out on our social media feeds. Um, so I'm excited. I'm always I'm always hyped to to be at E3. It is uh, a pleasure and a blessing to be able to go every year at this point. Like we don't have to do the whole, like, I wonder if we're going to get in, like we're getting passes and we're able to get in and and have people help us do work at the show. We're going to try to do some sit down interview stuff, giant bomb style that you'll hear more about uh, this week. Uh, We're going to be doing some cool stuff with the folks over at the ward cast. So that's going to be fun doing some collaborative stuff with them. And like I said, it's it's always going to be fun getting to go to the big show. I remember going in 2005, I think it was, for my first E3 and sneaking in with a not great uh, business card uh, that wasn't really fully flushed out. And it was the first time, like without E3, I don't know how long it would have taken me to have gotten on a plane and traveled anywhere in the country. I wasn't really didn't have the money for it. I didn't have the, the like super want to travel in that way. Um, but getting my first E3 pass, like opened my world up into so many other things that I never thought would be possible. I'm getting to have these conversations with all of you right now about this stuff. You know, our, our show was on the radio, you know, we've been heard in 60 countries over half a million times, even more than that. So, you know, E3 has a huge part, a huge uh, place in my heart. Um, I have a set of reverence for that show and for all the people who get to make it happen and all the people who are doing all the hard work to get you all these things that people will complain about the same day and the week afterward. Um, but as a person who loves the industry and a person who cares about its safety and, and, and how it gets shared and all that stuff, like I still love the spectacle of everything that happens alongside E3. So getting a chance to go again this year and rep for Bracago and rep for all of you and rep for our team uh, just really means a lot. And it means a lot that you all care about us going and, and, and give us love for going and, and push for us to do better and get bigger and do all that kind of stuff. So um, really hyped about the prospect of, of getting on a plane and going down to LA again and seeing so many friends and, and, and hanging out with those folks as well. Um, so that's always going to be a thing. Um, lastly, before I leave you for this episode, uh, played a bunch of stuff this week. Uh, a couple of things I think you should definitely check out. Uh, if you have not played, uh, void bastards yet, you need to definitely figure out a way to do so. I kind of liken it to a first person FTL, uh, super great game, uh, where you are kind of digging through these ships as a roguelike, uh, and kind of playing in this first person way to find resources and to build out, um, your character with new tools and new abilities and things like that. So you can kind of continue towards the end of this, uh, map matrix to get to the end in which then becomes the boss of those particular, uh, permutations, which is something I've always thought was really fun and, and never really got a chance to play before. Cause I loved FTL, but I didn't really play a lot of games like this. Um, so I've been digging this super hard. I love the, the art style. It has that cel shaded comic book look, which has been knocked out of the park. 
uh Kara Ellison who I love uh is writing on the game and has made some some really fantastic uh quips in there and has helped to uh, uh add her dopeness to the to that game uh and I think it's a game uh, sorry I think it's a game that everyone should definitely check out and play uh and it's not that expensive I think it's like 30 bucks so uh definitely check that game out I've been playing kids on mobile uh, which feels like a mix between a puzzle game. It feels a little bit like an arty farty version of Echo Chrome in some ways. Uh, super, what's the best word? Avant-garde is a, is a good kind of term for it. It feels like an art piece, a performance piece that's uh, wrapped into a mobile and PC game. Uh, super minimalistic in terms of its art style. It feels like those... Uh, those arts, those art supply dolls that you get, but kind of even smaller. It feels like if you're kind of playing with Keith Haring uh, figures on this kind of stark white and black ba- background. Lots of fun. Uh, short uh, uh, kind of like uh, amount of time it takes to finish a game like that. It's not very long. It's a great experience. I think you should check it out. Um, and what else? I got to finally start to dig into Slay the Spire, which is... A game that I remember seeing Austin Walker talk about a lot uh, for a bit uh, some months ago. And if you're not familiar with it, it is also a kind of roguelike card-based game uh, where you're trying to amass a certain amount of cards that have damage and defense and uh, uh, different kinds of powers on them so that you can uh, work your way up through uh, this kind of, uh, I wouldn't say maze, but it's like these levels. It's like, if you ever saw Enter the Dragon, you remember that every level was like a floor um, and every person that you got to at a certain level was like another person that you had to fight. Uh, it feels like that. So like you kind of moving up and up the, the, the ladder of all these enemies. And sometimes you'll have different uh, things in your way. So you have like a, a store or you'll have a rest place or you'll have a, a minion enemy or you'll have a boss enemy uh, all the way up to you get to the highest level of that ladder and then you have to fight the kind of big boss at the end of it super fun doesn't take a lot to get into it uh makes a lot of sense in the way that you play it and it doesn't feel uh oppressive in the way that some games do when they are like you just lost all your stuff you suck now uh, <laughs> which is great i like that stuff it's it's forgiving in some ways and also brutal and brutal in others and you'll know when you get to a point where you're just like, oh man, I got to fight this now. Oh no, I don't want, I don't want to do that. I wish I could back out. I wish I could back out. Um, uh, so I would say it slay the spire is a thing you should definitely check out. Make sure that you have a chance to, to, to play it and, and get a chance to it. Void bastards is a must play. I think it might be one of my games of the year. Uh, and of course, mortal Kombat. you know, super excited for the DLC stuff. That's going to be coming down the pipeline for that stuff too. Um, I think that's it for this episode. We have covered a lot of things. Make sure that you are checking out all of our social media business. Make sure that you are checking out and are subscribed to our feeds. Uh, we're going to be sharing information and sharing shows and kind of bouncing between our feed and the wordcast feed. So you'll hear again, more information about who some of our guests are going to be next week. Uh, we have some really fun folks who uh, you may know. We have some returning Ricago guests and we also have some newbies. Uh, and also we're going to try to do some cool man on the street stuff when we're running around and, and meeting people and doing all that. So make sure you're paying attention to our Instagram. Uh, we're trying to revamp that, uh, our YouTube channel for sure. And make sure that you're definitely checking out our Twitter feed because I'll be throwing up stuff 
at all random times of day and night <laughs> trying to feed uh, the beast, as they say, with all the content that I possibly can. So again, much love to all of you in Bracago. It'll be dope to rep for you all uh, during E3 week. Oh, and we have a cool merch announcement that's going to be dropping E3 week. So make sure you're definitely paying attention to our feeds because there's going to be a very, very special shirt that will get displayed and debuted during that week. So you may want to cop one uh, once it goes up into the world. So much love to you all, everybody here on X-Ray, here on the podcast networks. Much love to you all. Check out the social media business and peace. The Spawn on Me podcast can be found every Tuesday on all podcast platforms and Portland radio at xray.fm at 107.1 slash 91.1. You can find us live every Thursday on twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. If you want to reach out to us on the show, you can hit us up on our site, spawnonme.com, where you can find all our social media information about our Twitter, Instagram, and everything else alongside our contact page if you want to reach out and shoot us a message or a business inquiry. Much love to you all. Thank you so much for listening every week. And we say... Peace.